That's wrong. It's going to crash. <laughs> We're going to have to start over. <laughs> it's going to crash. Something's going to happen. <laughs> there, there's no possible way we can start at 6 p.m. with you on the channel. That is just, no, no. 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 You know what? I, I My battery's dying. That's it. That, I, there we go. My battery's dying. I mean, that it's going to happen now. welcome to talking heads everyone episode 305 your once week live show for the latest in beer and tech news i'm jeff i'm john welcome to the show everyone thank you all so much for joining us on this wednesday night or in podcast form over on anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found if you've never seen the show before we talk beer we talk tech we talk games pop culture entertainment Sometimes some Star Trek. All Super Chats are read on the air, so long as they will not permanently demonetize the channel. We do drink alcohol on the show, and if you're drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat, and we'll give some early show shoutouts as we go along. Last but not least, if you'd like to take part in the Super Secret Chat or the even more Super Secret After Party, think about joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to my Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and join the awesome community that hangs out over there also something something craft computing dot store i need to work that into the intro somehow but i just haven't done it yet <laughs> go buy, buy go buy something yeah if you can't buy us a beer buy yeah. a beer glass from but, us but <laughs> buy a beer glass from us and drink your beer out of that like yeah this, this is just as good as buying us a beer, is getting yourself a pint glass to drink a beer out of. It really is. Seriously it is. really does enhance the beer experience. I, I owe John like 40 bucks. You've you've sold some merch. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff's just going to pay me in beer. Uh, probably. <laughs> good beer. Yeah. Uh, no, I was going through my numbers from last month, and it's like, damn, I, I, I need to send some, some cash John's way. Mm, mm, I want it all in like gold Sacagawea dollars. <laughs> you know, I can make that happen. Uh, you know what we should do? We should we should go back to the vagabond of uh, of just tipping with twos. <laughs> I'd love that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I'll pay you with nothing but two dollar bills, John. <laughs> now, as soon as we heard, as soon as I heard that, I was like, "That's genius." It that really is. is. So yeah, that's so genius. Yeah. Anyway, it's going to be a great show. Uh, we've got some disclosures from Supermicro and a uh, digital security firm to talk about. Are they something you should worry about, or is it kind of business as usual? Uh, let's see. Uh, John Ricticello is out at Unity after uh, basically pissing off everyone. Uh, let's see, what else do we got? eBay could suffer up to $1.9 billion in fines. Probably not, and we'll tell you why. And we do have some Raptor Lake refresh, uh, the upcoming Core i9-14900K. We have some SKUs, we have some performance numbers, and we have some performance numbers. We will get to all that shortly. But first, I'm parched. <laughs> I am too. Let's start the show the right way. John, what are you opening first? I, I know we're both opening IPAs, but I'm really curious to see what IPAs so, we're opening. So we've always talked about this uh, subject quite a lot on this show and my show and everything else. Uh, just buying a beer ex- exclusively just because of the label. Like, I don't care what the description says. I don't care what the title is. I just love the art. 
And this one, 100% happens to be that way, and I think you'll understand why. And I really enjoy the name, too. This is, uh, what is it? Now I'm LCB really curious. Brewing is, uh, I'm 40% Strata. <laughs> okay, you got me beat today. <laughs> yeah, so triple hazy oh, IPA. Uh, I think it's like 9%. 10%, 10%. <gasps> So I didn't know any of that. I just saw I'm 40% Strata, like, buying it. I don't care what this is. IPA, I'm 40% Strata. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> uh, oh, and one of my other favorite Futurama quotes. Hello, lawsuit. <laughs> uh, uh, so I've got two IPAs. Uh, both of them are slightly out of season by about a month. Um, I've got a fresh hop IPA, which I should have drank in September, which I didn't. Yep. Uh, and uh, I also have a, a winter IPA. And it's definitely not winter yet, although it's 30 degrees cooler today than it was on Friday. Uh, so it was 90 on Friday. It was 61 today. Isn't that so weird? 61 <laughs> and just pissing rain today. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it was. And yesterday, yesterday was even worse. It was, yeah. wow, the rain was coming down. Um, anyway, I think I'm going to go with the Fresh Hop because I'm a little bit more intrigued by that one. Um, obviously, one of the biggest Fresh Hoppers, and and uh, you can even get this one nationally, is Deschutes. Uh, you, you've got the Deschutes Fresh Hop series. Usually it's uh, the, it's their Fresh Squeezed IPA is the, the most most widely distributed one. I had actually not seen this particular one before. Uh, now, last month I had a Tropical Fresh, which was using the, the Tropical uh, IPA hops. Uh, had a bunch of pineapple right up front. Like, it, it was super juicy. Um, this one is the Royal Fresh, and it is their Imperial Fresh hop. Oh, there you go. So, it is a 9%. Fresh hopped IPA. I couldn't pass that up. No, right? I get that. Right. No, I I usually get. Uh, I I think it's not the big wave hop IPA. The fresh squeeze. There's a there's another imperial one. It's not that one. Uh, I don't know if it's imperial, but it's you know up there seven and a half or or eight. But usually I'll end up getting that sometimes too in those big 19 ounce cans. So I'll have to see if I've uh, had that one. Yeah. Before. So this one's only a 12, not uh, not a huge beer. Uh, but uh, my next one's a pint. So we'll, we'll make up for it. Uh, let's see. Uh, we do have a couple beer shout outs. First off, Skull says, well, John gets $40 minus processing fee, startup fee, shipping fee, payment fees, etc. Uh, you forgot <laughs> to for you forgot to include setup fees. Like I had to set up my laser cutter and do all the design. <laughs> all he did was give me his logos and go like, make me some merch. And uh, so I did all the, the, the actual layout and design for making it all work. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, John, in the end, you actually owe me like $185. So, <laughs> uh, so thank you for pointing that out, Skull. So, uh, I'll pay you that in beer. Cool. There you go. Yeah. I got, I got lots of pickle beer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Savim, S-Z-A-F-I-M, is drinking a Breckenridge Oktoberfest. 
think that's the first beer shout out that I saw. Uh, yeah. Isaac's got uh, looking like a KBS night. That's a fantastic choice. Uh, I'm. Uh, the, the, yeah, the the tech guy is drinking a Bell's Two Hearted Ale. Oh, nice! Missed that one. Uh, let's see. Jason's having an Encasi Megalodon. Mm. Mm-hmm. Local and amazing. Uh, Outdorp is drinking One Tree Huckleberry Cider at six point eight percent. This sounds pretty good, actually. I'm gonna go for a cider tonight. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, that, it's that nice fall winter. You can you can make those. It's, it's works totally. Uh, Rodrigo's drinking a Three Floyds Zombie Dust, six point five percent. I'm surprised that one doesn't get more respect than like the Two Hearted Ale. That's a really good. IPA. Yeah. Um, I, I I know people that like use that as a clone for like their first beer. So Zombie Dust really should be in the talk of like top rank IPAs nationally. But yeah, I don't see it that often. Yeah, there's quite a few IPAs that should be. If you're talking about like standards or you know goalposts uh, mm-hmm. of like if you can hit this, yeah. you've made a good IPA. And then if you yeah. can make it your own, you've made a great IPA. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Zombie Dust is is right in there with a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Michael's got a warped wing. Uh, Ohio is for lovers. Juicy IPA. <laughs> <laughs> The only problem with Ohio is you have to live in Ohio. Uh, Harley's got a contrary brewing hop collision double fry hopped hazy IPA with Citra Strata and Mosaic hops. Ooh. That sounds delicious. Uh, let's see. Got uh, Novella's having a nine mile brewing Lenny West Coast IPA, seven percent. Of course, Novella has, usually has some pretty good stuff on tap, on hand. Yeah. Gabriel has a Modelo Chalada. I am sorry, sir. I must uh, <laughs> not <laughs> agree with that choice. You're not, you're not a Red Beer fan? <laughs> I am not a Red Beer fan. No, sorry. Nope. nope. I, I have had Red Beer on the show with Rhett one time. <laughs> oh no like like it's pickles number one to like raw tomatoes and tomato raw tomato juice just yeah. like v8 that's number two yeah boom yeah. boom <laughs> no. yeah uh i i draw the line at clamato like you you, you do the clams and tomato juice no uh oh, out no no no, no. I, no. anytime like someone even tries to give me like a bloody mary i'm just just give me the shot of the alcohol i yeah. just want that in shot form i'll be happy bloody mary is one of those ones it's it's so difficult to get a good one but when you do they are genuinely good but there's so much crap out there yeah well, i i have a really hard time ordering one because i don't know of, of, of the spectrum that's a mile wide, it's only the last hundred feet that's worth a damn. <laughs> <laughs> Every anyone I've even had that's like, this is decent, this is great, this is the best you're gonna. I'm like, this just tastes like really cold spaghetti sauce. <laughs> now I want pasta. Yeah, this is horrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and you use and and you use some you know bottom brow vodka in it too oh yeah so. yeah no and then and of course they throw like a pickle and some raw pepper now i don't mind the raw pepper but it's the pickle I'm like yeah this is nasty. <laughs> or, or like a raw onion 
Which, another one I don't like. Cooked onion's fine. Not raw. Yeah, cooked onion's fine. Um, I like the ones that top the Bloody Marys with a little bit of fried food. Get, give me a ba- buffalo wing, an onion ring, and... Uh, bacon. You know, a little piece of bacon or something like that. Like, give me that on a garnish stick. Because yeah. then I can actually dip that in the Bloody Mary. And, and if your Bloody Mary is, is any good, it turns it into a very enjoyable experience. But like I said... The variance is so wide on Bloody oh, Marys. Yeah. There, uh, uh, we can end it here. But like the, I went to a distillery that I used to love going to. It was right next to Oakshire Brewing in Eugene, and they had this Bloody Mary on their menu. Now it was nine bucks, and you're like, oh, nine bucks. But they had a Bloody Mary buffet bar, and it was full of fried food, vegetables, whatever you wanted, and you're as much as you wanted. Nice. But you get one trip and that is it. Yeah. You you get you get two skewers and one glass. <laughs> yeah. And so you just whatever you want on it. There's like uh my sister in law who loved it, she just put like a chicken leg on there, some onion rings, and she just piled it up. I, I've seen one that has like three skewers coming out of like a wide mouth pint or something like that. Um with like a whole slice of pepperoni pizza and you know like <laughs> see, see that's fine with me because like a whole hands worth of chicken fingers like that's a drink. <laughs> that's a drink. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll take that. That's fine. So yeah when I have a bloody Mary I want that bar food, that f- deep fried bar food to go with. I want a mozzarella stick and an onion ring. Uh, and, and it has to go with my Bloody Mary and it has to complement it. Otherwise, no. <laughs> oh, that's right. Novella Hub sent some beer mail. I need to go get that. It's upstairs. Uh, it's upstairs. You can just pay me in that. All right. Well, I'll. I think there's a couple more I can. I can get to. Yeah. So get, give me like thirty seconds. I know. I know right yeah. where it's at. So All right, I will cool. be right All back. Right. All right. So we've got the zombie dust. Elijah Craig William is having an old fashioned with Elijah Craig. Great. Uh, just curious. Is that the standard Elijah Craig or rye? What What are we going with? But Elijah Craig is a nice, nice standard for uh, an old fashioned. In fact, I almost got an old fashioned inspired beer for this show but i think i'm gonna do a video on it uh just because i love that um we got tiger 78 uh is working on a black cherry ice sparkling water actually that sounds pretty good i'm more comparable to a sour cherry than black cherry but yeah uh did you make that yourself just curious all right what do we got what do we got stella atras uh nilson bj is having that. Cheers to that. Uh, no beer. Coke and whiskey. Nothing wrong with Coke and whiskey. What kind of whiskey? Uh, yeah. Oh, just a standard Elijah Craig. Wolford Old Fashioned Smoked Orange Slices. Ooh. Uh, where was it? I had Elijah Craig Rye. That one's fun to have with an old uh but it was um uh, a wild turkey the wild turkey rye 100 proof oh it's cheap and so good to have with an old-fashioned if you like that rye part (laughs) all right i'm back all right there we go cool so i think for the sake of the show what we're gonna do is we will do the first couple stories, because I do want to talk about those, if my camera will focus here. Uh, We'll do the sponsor spot, 
After the sponsor spot, we'll do the beer mail, and then we'll get to the rest of the show. So, that way the people who came to see the couple of big stories, we can hit those first. And then we can open some beer mail. Because I'm very excited. Novella always sends good things. And I got two boxes. (laughs) (laughs) So, I am looking forward to, to opening these. Ah... All right, let's go ahead and get into it. Starting with the headline story, Supermicro BMCs are under attack. And does it matter? Uh, so this is an article from Ars Technica, and this is actually... Uh, there are some vulnerabilities that have been found inside of Supermicro BMCs. Okay? Uh, for those who don't know, a BMC is a uh god what are they what is their acronym for it um god they even wrote it in here and i can't find it now anyway it is essentially lights out management it is a oh board management console chip cpu uh it is super micros method of ipmi uh it is a dedicated bespoke cpu its own system its own power management uh, on a server that can manage server settings uh, with or without power to the server. Uh, all you need is a network cable going to the BMC port. It'll power itself on and you can interact with it. Uh, you can do things like turn the server on and off. You can uh, read fan speeds and, and temperatures and all of your sensor data and all that kind of thing. Um, however, BMCs have bare metal access to servers. So, while they are not the CPU itself, this is not accessing, you know, the Intel CPU or AMD CPU inside of a server. It's not accessing the memory inside of a server. Uh, There are certain management functions of these BMCs. And because they have bare metal access, they can inject things or they can read data between the CPU and memory and they can read things between the CPU and storage. They, they have some bare metal access to those, to those facilities. Um, the exploit that has been found, there are seven of them in total. And actually, if we scroll down just a little bit, gosh, where were they? They had a full list of them. Why am uh, I not it seeing was, them it's, it's toward the bottom just before comments, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it yeah. split oh, mine into two pages. To... There we go. Yeah, I, I I clicked on the comments and then read through them, and there was a really funny comment that I wanted to come back to, but for some reason, turning on the comments made me jump to another page. So there we go. Yeah. Um, anyway, there are seven CVEs. Uh, Supermicro has them all listed out, and these are Supermicro's reporting on them along with their, their case numbers, CVE numbers, uh, and what they do and what the potential impact is. Uh, all of them are high severity. Because all of them, in theory, would allow for taking over of the BMC. Uh, however, six of them, the the bottom six right here, are all essentially cookie stealing. Uh, it is forcing someone to send a phishing link, send a phishing link, an attacker could send a phishing link, an attacker could send a phishing link. <laughs> all six of those are an attacker could send a phishing link and take over an active session. While that is an attack vector, 
it's a pretty narrow attack vector, in my opinion. Um, it is something that needs patched. It is something that needs to be addressed. Um, but all that you would get is that session. And, in fact, uh, the only way you could access the BMC from these circumstances is if your BMC was exposed to the internet. Don't ever do that. <laughs> don't ever give a bare metal object open access to the internet. I don't care what your circumstances are. Uh, don't do that. BMC is for internal management only. Uh, so, attack vector, very narrow. You have to get someone who has an active signed-in session with a BMC to click on a malicious link to steal that session. And then you have to be on the same network or have remote access to the BMC to be able to log in. Very narrow attack window, but an attack window nonetheless. Uh, If you have any of these six succeed, then you can actually exploit the last one, which requires an, uh, an administrator privilege to the BMC. What this will allow you to do is perform command injection, essentially acting as a hardware level rootkit. So you can uh, run uh, malicious code on a system and inject it into the PC directly. Uh, And so that is definitely a problem. But again, you have to have a BMC session logged in with administrative access, and you have to have access to that physical device, to that physical BMC connection. Um, it's a narrow attack vector, but it is uh, an attack vector nonetheless and needs to be patched. Now, most of the affected devices are at least a generation old. Uh, in fact, the... Uh, the vulnerability affects select X11, H11, which is your first and second Xeon scalable and first generation uh, Epic Naples uh, systems. B11, which is your... Gosh, what is the super micro B11? Uh, B11... I think that's their arm. Gosh, what is that? Uh... Anyway, B11 systems, CMM, M11, and H12 motherboards. Now, the H12 is one of the newest generations. That is your uh, AMD Epic Rome and Milan-based platform. Uh, So, you know, we're, we're talking about systems that are 2016 through, you know, 2021 as far as deployment. Uh... So not the newest, but certainly things that need to be taken into account. Also, you need to consider that this isn't just super micro branded devices. Uh, Super micro is an ODM for thousands upon thousands of different brands of firewalls and small form factor servers and things like that. And uh, oftentimes... You'll, you'll buy a server from some random company uh, off Amazon 
it's a super micro chassis with a super micro motherboard with a super micro BMC. Like it, it, it just is. Uh, they, they do a lot of OEM and ODM manufacturing and, uh, and custom building for different clients. Uh, so you might not even know if you're affected unless you know that your system is running a super micro motherboard with a super micro BMC on it. And it has one of these affected platforms. So, Yes, a narrow attack vector, but an attack vector nonetheless, make sure it's patched. Now, the reason I wanted to have comments on is uh, this to me summed up the attack vector just beautifully. Mm -hmm. uh, how can you mitigate your risk? One, don't connect your server management ports to the internet. That should be standard practice anyway. Two, don't surf Uzbekistani goat porn while logged into your server <laughs> management console. <laughs> and number three, I don't, I don't know. Patch your firmware before the guys on the night shift get there and do both of these. <laughs> that's, that's asking way too much, especially number two. That's that's difficult, Joe. That's difficult. It's it's guys got niches, and uh, once you go there, there's nothing that can get get you there and so you got to do it that's right that's it right <laughs> once you know your vice like yeah <laughs> what's that what's that south park episode where they lose the internet and he's like oh, i've been desynthesized i have to have the extreme yes i've heard there's it's some a inter... ghost, i swear i heard heard there's some in internet out california <laughs> anyway but yeah, well, Skull was saying in, in our comments that it, he thinks it's actually a little bit bigger of a threat because most of these chips are also used, like you were saying, when someone buys something, a medium to small company would probably use this as their server. Um, I don't actually agree with that because at the same time with a smaller company like that, usually then that means you only have one person, maybe one to two people managing that said server. And usually those people are probably competent enough to not do the things that you're saying and, and like the other person's commenting on yeah um so yeah. it even lowers the the vector because only one or two people are even managing that server it's not a big group there is no night crew there is no team yeah. going through it you know I, I i would agree that to some organizations in some situations this is going to be an issue uh, I, I i didn't want to diminish the fact that this is a valid attack vector because yeah. there have been some uh, CVEs that have been published in, in recent years that they're like, everything's going to hell in a handbasket and patch your systems now before everyone takes over. And it's like, do you realize the extenuating circumstances someone would have to go through to actually practice this in real life? Which, by the way, Supermicro said they have not had one single instance of any of these CVEs being exploited in practice yet. Now, obviously it's because they haven't been disclosed yet. But as soon as CVEs are made public, uh, then attacks start to be written specifically for them, specifically targeting them. We get spear phishing incidents, that kind of thing. This is an attack vector, but I'm a little relieved that the only thing that six of them do is allow you to steal session tokens, which will get you admin access to, uh, to an active yeah. BMC session. But that's one layer removed from it just being an open ticket to anyone to invite in. Number two is even if you get acts, even if you get that session, you still have to have physical routed access to that BMC 
to be able to exploit anything, which is a second layer of removal, uh, second layer of separation from vulnerability. Um, but as Skull points out, uh, you know, a lot of uh, super micros end up in small, medium-sized businesses, and maybe they don't have the proper uh, practices to prevent this kind of attack. Uh, I know one-man shops, if you're not fully trained on security practices, if you're, hell, even large you know, corporate shops, if you're not properly trained on security yeah. practices, um, you know, yeah, I'd like love to be able to manage my server from anywhere. Let's just, you know, create a firewall rule and have, you know, a 443 forward to my BMC port. Um, don't do that. <laughs> Wait, what? VPN in uh, and then access uh, your BMC. Uh, I got to change a couple settings. Right, right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're the one who signed a different contract. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, you didn't want $80,000. <laughs> I told you to charge more. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, so, yes. For some order organizations... This is going to be a big deal. Unfortunately, those organizations have no idea how big of a deal this is going to be because they weren't already practicing good standards on sanitizing, you know, access to to these things. Um, larger corporations, this is going to be no big deal at all. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but end of the matter, make sure that you are updating firmware for BMCs. Don't miss it. Don't forget about it. Um, uh, this is a very similar experience, uh, according to the Ars Technica article that, uh, HP had in 2001, uh, when, uh, uh, basically their ILOs, uh, in integrated lights out. It's HP's version of IMI. Uh, someone came up with an exploit for that, that allowed them to inject malicious code into workflow of, of your PC. Um, make sure your firmware is up to date. Make sure you are not vulnerable, and make sure you're not exposing your i your IPMI to the internet. You freaking idiots! The last thing that should come between you and, and an attack vector is JavaScript in an HTTPS page. Like for God's sakes! <laughs> the web development teams did not work on the security for the BMCs, so don't rely on them. Ah, all right, cool. There we go. Patch your stuff. Yes. Uh, let's see. Let's do one more, then let's do the sponsor. Uh, this one's kind of cool. Uh, this one's just a project I came came across surfing one day. Um, I don't agree it's game-changing, but I do agree it's very cool, and I've been waiting for something like this to come out because this was the original digital SLR tech. Uh, for those who are old enough to remember digital SLRs coming out in the 90s, um, the technology used to be called a digital back. But essentially all we did to get from digital from film SLRs, 35mm, APS-C, etc., to digital SLRs was replacing the medium on which we exposed light to. It used to be film, and then we replaced it with a digital sensor. The original digital SLRs were film cameras that you took the back panel off of and replaced it with a digital back 
a, mm-hmm. a digital sensor with all of your components on it. Usually, you also had to add about this much to the bottom of the camera for battery pack and compute. Um, look at the original Kodak and Nikon conglomerations of, uh, of digital SLRs. But that was the original way to do it. Uh, there's a company right now uh, called the I'm Back Film Conversion. Uh, and they have developed a plug-and-play module that uses a uh, a socket a, uh, the exact shape and size of a 35-millimeter film cartridge. Uh, and attached to that on a ribbon cable is a micro four-thirds sensor that you can stick into any 35-millimeter camera and turn it into a micro four-thirds digital SLR. That is cool. I, I saw this, and it, it it's pretty interesting. Uh, for and it basically comes out with what, uh, twenty megapixels or yeah, it's a, it's a twenty megapixel Sony sensor. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a Sony MFT MP sensor. Um, but uh, or sorry, it's a Sony IMX two sixty nine micro four thirds. Um, but it requires no modification at all to the digital or to your SLR. And so you can take an old Minolta or a, or a Canon AE-1 or a, you know, Nikon F3 or whatever you want and slap a digital back onto it. Um, you don't have to modify the camera at all. Uh, and in fact, it also comes with this little module. I don't know if you can see it right here. Let's see if I can... There we go. Uh, it comes with a little module that screws onto the bottom ca- of the camera via the tripod port. That gives you a 1.5 inch screen for viewing your your pictures after you've captured them. Yeah, you got a little LED uh, screen or something like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I've wanted one of these for so long. Uh, like, uh, I I still have an old uh, an old Minolta. This might be kind of fun to play with. This might be a lot of fun to play with. Well, I always love the old camera because it's got the, you know, the, the, I wonder how that works. Uh, wait, wouldn't you have to, or no, because that, the adapter probably has a little gear for the film so you can mm-hmm. still twist it, right? Right. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, right there. Oh yeah. There. So, is. so this is what it looks like. Um, and, uh, yeah, you just slide the 35 millimeter cartridge in. It's got a, a micro four thirds sensor right there a little ribbon cable that connects down to the bottom of the camera for your display and uh that's it <laughs> it's pretty cool now the only downside i thought i saw of this was the price point of this particular thing it is uh it is a boutique item it is a um now i, I I read a good number of the comments and uh, meh, I don't know if it's a game changer. It's the same price as full frame cameras from a generation ago. And it's only micro four thirds. Uh, Number one, no. Uh, It's the price of eight year old full frame cameras uh, of, you know, your, your 5d Mark, Mark threes and Mark fours and your, your, your Sony a seven twos and things like that. It's about $600. It's what? 589. I think is what it was no, priced eight, at. No, eight eight ninety nine. Eight ninety nine. Okay. Oh, uh, oh no no sorry 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 five ninety nine for yeah uh, uh, the the first model. I think there's a, a second model coming out. 
If it oh, makes no, that was the that was the early kick, backers. Yeah. Kickstarter five ninety nine. Uh, yeah. regular price estimated to be eight ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I mean, eight ninety nine will buy you a brand new full frame digital SLR today. It'll it'll buy you what is that the the Canon. E. Canon 6, uh, 6D, 60 Mark II, whatever. Um, uh, CD, whatever, Mark II. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can get full-frame cameras under $1,000 now, which is still kind of crazy to me to say. Um, but this is a small batch boutique specialty item, not a mass-produced item. It's going to be more expensive. They don't have the resources of Canon, to, to throw at this. If yeah. if Panasonic made this, it'd be $399. It just would be. Um, as a universal kit. Uh, but Panasonic isn't making this. Canon isn't making this. It It's literally a company called I'm Back Film Project. Uh, and well, uh, th- this is also to the people that like, the older photographers, the the people that had like, oh my my dad got me the photographer and he handed it down, or I have this original classic camera and film. Yeah, you could still buy on eBay, but you can't develop it, and that's the thing. It, the, how many places do you have? Can you go to D- develop like, it? Can- um, boy, I'm gonna date myself here. Uh, one of my first jobs out of high school was working at a camera store, and we still had an in-house in in store Dark room. In in store development and darkroom, we we had the yeah. full process. Uh, I made, I would develop and print your pictures in thirty minutes. If you brought me a roll of film, you would have that roll of film in duplicates, uh, which by the way was the usual thing for like you know fourteen bucks or twelve bucks. <laughs> you would get a roll of twenty four developed, and you'd get two of each picture, and then your original negatives cut into sheets. Um, I used to do that. Uh, that, that was one of my first jobs out of high school. Um, and this was a specialty shop. Um, you know, this was a bespoke camera store. Uh, but, uh, you know, through the years, film fell out of vogue. Uh, we were still selling film SLRs as well as some first generation and second generation digital SLRs. Um, when I started there, gosh, the we still had Canon 10Ds on the shelf, which was the first digital SLR available for less than fifteen hundred dollars. Um, the 20D had just launched, and during my tenure there, the Canon Rebel XT launched. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, uh- I mean, this is this is cool. I like this for the nostalgia's sake. Like I said, I I always loved, and I still miss this on cameras. The you know the turning the gear, to flipping to the next one, that feeling. It's like yeah, and this is like a gun thing, but cocking on an old like Smith and Wesson six shooter or something like that. That cocking on that's like oh, oh you, I don't you, even need, I don't even need to fire the gun. This is just awesome. I you, just want to do you, this. you get me a a perfectly balanced and and moves like butter you know winchester 94 or something like oh yeah yeah but, but this it's the same feeling on that can on those cannons it really you know, is the old the old ones and it's like oh i get to sit on my couch and and just push this back and forth mm-hmm. and it feels so good then you feel that extra weight on the button to the trigger to to shoot the photo Ka-thunk, it's fantastic right yeah the, the thunk um 
and then now you can use that camera again as a just i'm a you can be a professional photographer and every press professional photographer probably has that hobby camera that extra special camera right. that they have in the corner mm-hmm. and you know if you have a little bit extra to spend or it's a pretty decent gift uh for you know someone who's got a hobby or something yeah it's, it, this is pretty cool i like this it is on the higher end though for you know not a hobbyist not someone who's actually seriously into photography right. this is something who's serious into yeah. photography and still has he loves that old 35 yeah. millimeter feeling type thing. yeah it, it is super cool it's a super cool project i love that it exists um would i buy one even though i have a minolta you know old 35 millimeter film camera still and i've got half a dozen lenses for that minolta camera i also own the adapters to plug those lenses into my mirrorless you know to, to my my sony a7 IV. I can still get that that full frame, you know, that that creamy bokeh of some of those old uh, Roxor lenses that I have. Uh, I have a 58 millimeter f 1.4 Minolta Roxor lens that is just otherworldly sharp and creamy and just beautiful. Uh, I think I paid twelve dollars for an adapter to mount it to E mount, and it fills the frame on my Sony camera. And it's gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, so would I rather do that or would I rather stick it on to a micro four third sensor on the original body, which is going to be slightly cobbled together? Uh, oh, and also the 2X crop because it's micro four third, not 35 millimeter. That's another thing we didn't mention. Um, yeah. It, I love that this exists, though. Yeah. Don't get exactly. me wrong. I, I, I love yeah, that I this love exists. That. Is it practical? No. It's not supposed to be practical. It's supposed to be cool. And yeah. I love it for that. Well, there's half the stuff. Half the stuff we talk about are computer tech guys. Is it practical? No. Right. I just want it. <laughs> I, I, Do I need 32 gigs of RAM in my hard drive, in my computer? Probably not, but I want it. You know? Uh, you don't need it. <laughs> I do. Well, you do. That's your full... I'm sorry, the average person. Right. right. To surf um, the internet? No. To yeah. play Fortnite? No. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I love all the arguments to, like, is this practical? Because that's not why this exists. And, and the practical people aren't the ones looking at buying this. It's the people who want to use that old Minolta camera and, mm-hmm. and have some fun with it. So... No, yeah, as soon as I saw this, I sent this article right to my dad. I was like, oh, you should go buy this. Yeah, no, (laughs) it's cool, and I love it. (laughs) Anyway, uh, today's video has a sponsor, and that sponsor is Linode. Hosting your own servers also means you get to host all your own problems. Even the most skilled network engineer will tell you you should decentralize your network. So why not host your services with Linode? If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes most of the software from the tutorials that I've posted on my channel, like how to run your own ad-blocking recursive DNS servers, VPN gateways, your own cloud-based Plex servers, and more. They offer shared CPU plans for as little as $5 per month and can scale as high as your needs go, whether it be virtualized hosting, dedicated enterprise GPUs, or NVMe block storage. Even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Linode is also expanding at light speed, with 12 new global data centers planned before the end of this year. 
Visit Linode.com slash Craft Computing and get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account. Again, that's Linode.com slash Craft Computing and a huge thanks to Linode for sponsoring today's episode. Thank you, Linode. Thank you, Linode. So Novella Hub <laughs> is having, for his second beer, sorry to cut you off from your next one, but I, yeah, yeah. because it's Novella Hub uh-huh. and, and the beer mail, he is having a Forbidden Pumpkin, which is a Imperial Pumpkin Milkshake IPA. These are words that should not go together. <laughs> Imperial Pumpkin Milkshake IPA. Milkshake did, IPA. Did, I, did I get all those? 9.3% Citra Mosaic. I don't know. No, I don't think so. <laughs> but apparently it gets like a 4.06 on untapped. Novella, you successfully broke John with a pumpkin beer. I, no, I don't. I truly... A pumpkin and IPA. Like, I like pumpkin beers, but a pumpkin and IPA? No, no, no. Yeah. That's not a thing. That should not be a thing. Stouts. <laughs> I've had jammy sours that are pumpkin. Those uh-huh. have been great, but no. No, 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 no. All right. So. what? First beer you open. Forbidden pumpkin. Oh, look at that. Okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, for those who don't know, I do accept packages. Uh, You can find my address down in the video description. Um, And if you send me something, uh, I will open it. If I know who you are already, I'll open it on the air. If I don't know who you are, I'll preview the package and and then I'll open it on the air. Um, But Novella, Longtime fan of the channel. I never sends me anything. I uh, that's not true. He sends vicariously through me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm gonna drink that gin without you. <laughs> I'm gonna drink that Fremont that's been in my fridge for two years. Oh my god, we. Uh... There's a Fremont. There's also the... the um... Oh, gosh. What is that brewery from Newport? Not Newport. Fort George? Um, Fort George. Oh, that's... Yeah. Uh, that's like five years old. Yeah. That was before yeah. I moved the first time. Oh, I know. Oh, man. All right. So, first up, we've got a ooh, toppling Goliath. Uh, Rush Hollow Maple Ale. Oh, I've seen it. Haven't had it, though. Yeah. The long-awaited return of Rush Hollow Maple Ale is finally upon us. Originally a seasonal of ours, this rustic golden-colored ale celebrates the season by utilizing maple syrup, some of which comes from the Rush family farm in uh, Alameki County. Don't don't correct my pronunciation, Novella. Uh, Alameki County. Uh, expect a slightly warm, full-bodied ale with a hint of maple in the finish. We've got a Central Waters Brewing. Uh, call me old-fashioned. Uh, oh. Brewers Reserve. Malt beverage with cherries aged in... <laughs> 
Malt beverage. Yes, malt <laughs> beverage with cherries aged in used spirit barrels with natural flavors and caramel color. 12%. Okay, okay. I, I, the first half of that, because of ha- what they have to call it, has me concerned. The rest yes. of it has me modestly excited. Well, the fact that they don't tell you what barrels... Yeah, it just says spirit. To... Yeah, and like there are particular barrels that are very easy to get, even for like microbreweries. Yeah, like $40. <laughs> Yeah, you can buy so, barrels. I mean, I mean, you and I can get pretty decent barrels off of like here for fifty bucks that are still wet barrels. Right, right. So it's like a brewery should be able to do that. Yeah, and name where it's from. That's half the time. I, I see something. I'm like, oh yeah, that's gonna be a good barrel. So these bottles are from the same brewer. Okay. Okay. All right. So we've got the Call Me Old Fashioned, which is obviously the old fashioned inspired mm-hmm. malt beverage. Uh, this is also from Central Waters Brewing Company. Reese and Desist Stout. R-E-E-S-E. Uh, Brewer's Reserve. It has a little peanut on it. Bourbon barrel aged in Imperial Stout, or bourbon barrel aged Imperial Stout with cocoa nibs, lactose, vanilla, and peanut butter. Okay. So uh, a Reese's inspired stout. Uh, okay, so I look at it, gets a four. Nice. So, although, hey, you know what we should do? What should we do? So I, I have, I maybe, maybe we'll do it this weekend or next. That would be kind of fun. I just got a beer that's old fashioned inspired. You just got a beer that's old fashioned inspired, and we have that old one. Yes. To compare. Was the old one? No, the old one was not old fashioned. It was. I think it was the, the Fort George is old fashioned. I don't think it was old fashioned. Was, it was something no, else. No, it was whiskey sour. It was whiskey, whiskey sour. sour. Yeah, yeah. Darn it! I was thinking we could do like a lineup of old fashioned inspired. That'd be cool. That'd be fun. Because mine, mine's like I think seventeen percent. Yeah. All right. Ooh, there we go. My man. Let me get these both open here real quick. I, I am very happy to see that bottle show up because uh, we, we we had an incident last week. Um, uh, I sat down on a Sunday night and I'm like, you know, it's been a long week. I could really use just like a a kick my ass beer. I I, I I'm I'm wanting like a barrel aged imperial stout. Oh uh, yeah, I Yeah, I I want something that will. That will get the one upper hand. done, and I'm gonna be very happy. Yes, yeah. That, so I, I was looking for one of those beers. Well, I opened my fridge, and for the last year and a half, almost two years, um, I had a 2021 herd of turtles. Uh, from oh yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. Uh, so I opened, and this is just the standard herd of turtles. It, uh, it's a pastry stout, uh, but. Uh, they do it in barrel age. They do it in a bunch of others. This was just the standard 2021 herd of turtles. Um, it turned into like a balsamic wine. Uh, it I was bad. Um, so the pastry stout has actual chocolate and lactose added to it. Um, that could spoil if it's aged too long. And that's what happened. So uh, yep. it aged it too long. Even though it was a cellar temp, 
it aged too long. Um, it turned into this thin, spiky, uh, gnarly uh, mixture with chunks of rotten lactose floating in it. It was bad. Um, like, as I'm pouring it, I went, uh-uh. <laughs> anyway, 2023 Herd of Turtles. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, A new one. And uh, the 2022 Herd of Turtles, uh, Imperial J. Carver Bourbon Barrel Aged. You might need to open that soon. <laughs> so there's that. I, it could have been the shipping. Um, Foiled for the heat and temperature. No, because I've been aging it for a couple of years. Uh, okay. So... I mean, it could have been the shipping, but oftentimes that little burst isn't enough to ruin a beer. So, Ooh, I already recognize that label. Dang it, man. I just cleaned my office. <laughs> I just got rid of a whole bunch of cardboard in my office. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, you. I don't. I already know their variants, and I'm going to say you bastard. <laughs> uh, so everyone knows knows that topper. This is the New Holland Brewing Dragon's Milk. These are two of their reserves. One of these is the 2022 Reserve Bottle Number 3. Bourbon barrel aged stout with chocolate marshmallow graham cracker. The s'more. Yeah, it's the s'more. Uh, this one is the coffee chocolate. Uh, bourbon barrel aged stout with coffee and chocolate. So there we go. Mocha. Basically. I will add those to my uh, ever growing collection of, of dragon's milks. All right. And I have a whole other box here. You want to save that for later? You want to do a couple more articles? Uh, let's go ahead and introduce the next article. So that would be the Intel, uh, the Rocket Lake Refresh for desktop. Yeah, this is uh, so. I'll, I'll multitask. Are you gonna? All right, you want to do it? Okay, you can do it. Uh, oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, I was just gonna say. So there has been. Um, whoa, what was it? Uh, the Intel's i9. Uh, 1490k there's been a potential leak again i don't know how well this is because this is before the embargo which is supposed to be uh, october 16th so it's kind of early it's also from what appears to look like a chinese website uh there's a bunch of chinese articles but it's showing uh the i9 1490k versus the uh what is it the ryzen raptor lake uh, 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 the the incumbent uh, Ryzen, so that's the 7950X3D. Thank you. It's Thank the you. current generation Ryzen CPU. Yes. Vers yeah, so that. Um, and it versus its performance versus uh, 25 different games. Uh, we had to use a translator, which the article used to translate uh, the performance-wise. And right now, it is referencing and showing... Oh, by the way, this is a 24-core uh, processor we're talking about here. Yeah, so, 24 core, 32 thread? 
Yes, I believe something like yes, that. Yes, yeah, 24 core, 32 threads, 6 performance cores, or 8 performance cores, 16 efficiency cores. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ain't no slouch. Yeah. Um, versus the 16 core, 32 threads. So equal thread counts, more cores on the Intel side of things. Um, and we know the performance cores do work, but there's still only eight of them. Uh, so depending on how multi-threaded your, your system is, it's going to benefit or hurt performance one way or the other. Um, we've got, uh, honestly kind of a mixed bag and, and given the... Given the games listed, um, I'm not terribly impressed because mm-hmm. while the 14900K is Raptor Lake refined, we're we're not going to chiplets yet. We're not we're not you know increasing binning and all that thing that is going to come with uh, with Intel's 14th generation mobile lineup. Uh, I was still expecting maybe just a little bit more um, out of it. So I'm, I'm going to be really curious as uh, as official benchmarks come out uh, for this particular processor, what it's going to look like. Because obviously on older games, it 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 is not doing very well. Dota 2, 77% the performance of of the, uh, the 7950X3D. Uh, its best result is Metro Exodus and Starfield at 23% improvements, or 23% faster than the 7950X3D. Um, we've got uh, Counter-Strike Go at 14% up, uh, but some of the titles that have traditionally very much favored Intel, uh, your GTA 5, your Hitman 3, your Far Cry 6, 5, 6, and 3% up, respectively, and then games like Red Dead Redemption 2, you're losing by 4%. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you're losing by a full percent. Forza Horizon 5, you're losing by 2%. Um, you know, even Horizon Zero Dawn and, and Cyberpunk, you're, you're down, you know, 6 and 11% on yeah. the previous generation Ryzen. Uh, so, yeah. so I, I mean, yeah, to, to flip that, that is, that is essentially the Ryzen is outperforming it via nine games. Now, that's not a big outperformance. Right, but it is again, like you said, the previous generation, mm-hmm. and so that's only 15 games that it's overperforming, and it's only at its best. Two games are, or three games, are in the 20 percentile. Yeah, um, and, and the AMD Ryzen, I believe, is the what, three fifty, three hundred dollar chip, something around there. Oh no, 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 no! It's seven forty nine. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the 7950X3D, 749, oh, six, maybe uh, even... 650, 6, 580, 589, yeah. So it, it went down a little bit. At least, again... Are you looking uh, at the X3D or the standard? Because there's two different models of the 7950X. Uh, Ryzen 9, uh, 7950X3D, 659. That's a good price. That's Brand a really new. good price. Yeah, no, they, they can't. Uh, the the standard 7950X came out at 749. That was reduced, yep. I think, down to 599 or something like that. Uh, um, uh, okay, not the not the 3D, but yeah. So yeah, and then the 3D, yeah, the the 3D yeah, came so, out at like 900 dollars, and so now yeah, so I'm seeing one for brand new six uh six Okay. Nice. So I mean that's again that's a that's, you're 
you're buying a high-end processor right there. Oh, gotcha. But yeah, but that's still last year's. That's yeah. last or last gens. And this is at best a few games beating it by twenty percent. At best, only a couple. Basically even. Basically even. Now they there isn't a price point for this coming out, but the fact that it is the new gen, you're we. I mean, even a bare minimum, you're thinking you want thirty percent across the board. Yeah. That's what you're you're wanting. So I, I don't know. I wasn't like you said, not overly impressed. This doesn't make me want to go out and buy Intel again. Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah, no, that this uh this feels like one of the TikTok release cycles of Intel of old. Uh of you know, let's give a seven percent faster than the previous generation flagship. Uh once we actually get our new process in line, we'll we'll come back to you. Uh <coughs> That this is uh, 14900K, not uh, not looking like the one to pounce on. Obviously, you should probably never update generation by generation. You shouldn't jump from a 13th to a 14th unless you're also jumping series. And we say we give the same advice for graphics cards. Unless you're going to go up from a 60 series to an 80 series, don't upgrade from a 3060 to a 4060. You're an idiot. Yeah. Uh, you know, unless you have extenuating circumstances, but even then, you're still probably an idiot. Uh, you know, unless you have a thirteen four hundred and and you want to go for you know a, a fourteen eight hundred or a fourteen nine hundred K or something like that, I'd save your money this generation just based on you know these early results. Now, these are totally unofficial, yep. uh, but this came from an Intel slide. This is an Intel slide. Uh, this could be faked. Although, and at, at, at the same time to that, if it is an Intel slide, I also have to wonder how skewed these results are because we all know that companies internally will skew their performance to favor their product more. Yeah. Uh, whereas reality, you know, you'll get once the embargo releases and all the YouTubers get a hold of it. Th they'll share the results so, they're comfortable sharing. Yeah, right. exactly. And so the fact that Intel themselves are saying, at best, you're getting 23%. And on average, you're getting two. Yeah. 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 Un unless the 4900K comes out for four ninety nine, like unless yeah, we get back into serious co competitive territory. 500 bucks. Oof. Yeah. I know. Yeah, no, no. If it did, if it did come out for five hundred bucks. Oh, if it came out for four ninety nine, yeah. Heck yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I I I I'm thinking seven ninety nine, honestly. It may be it may be Especially with the twenty four cores. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where, where pricing lands. Uh we'll know next In week. About a week. Uh yeah. yeah. I think next Tuesday is the review embargo. So it, it'll be fun to see because then we can hopefully have enough time. What day is that? Because it always stinks when new, news used to breaks like Monday or like uh, <laughs> like Wednesday evening or Thursday morning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. We're the last to talk about it. All the, the, time. the the Raspberry Pi five was announced uh, five like a, right after the show. Five a.m. <laughs> Thursday local time. Uh <laughs> Uh, I woke up at seven o'clock in the morning and started editing my Zima right. Blade video in which I heavily referenced the Raspberry Pi Four, uh, and uh, and had to add asterisks because I'm sitting there watching YouTube reviews of the Raspberry Pi Five while I'm 
talking about the Raspberry Pi four on camera. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, it, it says it says comes out October sixteenth. So that that should give us two days. So yeah, we'll be right in the middle of we get to see everyone's reviews, probably, and yep. we'll probably be in the mix of it. So yep. I will say I don't have a review sample of this one. Um, for for a lot of the CPUs, I I tend to try to be more project based. Um, again, kind of like my graphics card reviews. I w- I want to show you what's possible with something. I I'm not the top to bottom chart guy. Never yeah. have been, never will be. That's not my review style. Uh, so, will I be talking about it? Absolutely. Will you see it on the channel eventually? Absolutely. And I'm I'm happy to give you my thoughts on it. But uh, I'd much prefer to show you what someone would actually do with the chip, not just drag race it. Well, the the nicer part too is is everyone's going to be looking at this chip, and then the best part about your channel is that you get to make a video saying. You're looking at this chip. We'll look at this other chip that's now used, and you're only losing X percentage. That's you know, also true. Uh, this is uh, bang for your buck. Technically, theoretically better. You know, if you don't got the money, go with this one. And that's, I believe, probably your better niche of what people come to this channel for. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I personally like that. Thank you. All Not right. like my voice is a, a big thing or anything. <laughs> $40 worth of glasswares all it does alright the second box is open uh, all the beer is out uh, first off from my favorite brewery on the Citadel uh, New Glarus Brewing in Wisconsin uh, oh uh, yeah uh, we've got uh, Moon Man No Coast Pale Ale ooh I have, all I've ever had from them is um, the Spotted Cow Spotted Cow yeah. that's fantastic Gosh, I I really wish that was distributed here. It is such a good, refreshing, interesting beer because it's a yeah. saison wild ale. Yeah. It's so different than just your pale ale. I really do wish it was here. <laughs> um, what was really funny is when I was in Wisconsin, I spent a week in Wisconsin, and I was constantly looking for a a tap house. I, I wanted I wanted to end my day of of you know eight eight to ten hours of training with. A beer, and uh, couldn't find one. And and the the ones that would advertise like twelve taps, fourteen taps. You'd walk mm-hmm. in and it was Bud Bud Light, Miller Miller Light, Coors Heineken, Hams, uh, Milwaukee's Best, and New Glarus Spotted Cow. That was their that was their craft. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, uh, Skull says Moon Man is the best pale ale, way better than Spotted Cow. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Like that's that's high praise. People don't often send me pails because the cost to ship a beer is quite high, uh, yeah. just by weight. Um, and so for someone to send me, you know, a, a five percenter, uh, it'd better be up there because <laughs> you spent a lot to get it here. <coughs> uh, let's see. From who is this? Brewed and packed by Blackstack Brewing, St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, this is the Jurassic World Quad IPA. Twelve percent. Twelve percent Quad IPA. Hmm. Thank you, Novella. Hmm. Uh, also from Blackstack Brewing, 
Uh, Mothership Connection Mosaic Triple IPA. This one's coming in at 10%. I've seen that one before, yeah. We've got a The Real World Citra, another quad IPA, 12%. FCM. That's a good brewery. I've had a few of their beers. They're good. It's a great brewery. Yeah. Uh, let's see, any more of those? One more of those. Uh, Thirst Encounters of the Third Kind, Anniversary Triple Dry Hop Triple IPA. Mm. So this, oh, <laughs> this one's a 10%er. Yeah. Ooh, we got a Drecker. Good old Drecker Brewing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cuddle Buddy, double IPA. He looks cuddly. I like him. <laughs> uh, this one is... Where's the percentage? Yeah, Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, I don't see an ABV on it. I'm sure it's there somewhere, but I can't find it. Uh, let's see... From Elm Creek Brewing in Chaplin, Minnesota, we've got uh, Three is a Party, Hazy Triple, 10% with Flying Pigs. I gotta buy my beer. Uh, from Modest Brewing, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Double False Pattern, Double Dry Hopped, New England Style Pale. So, very nice. Uh, Revolution Brewing, Straight Jacket, oh my god. I'm already pissed off at you, so what else you got? Bourbon Barrel Age <laughs> Barley Wine, 15%. <laughs> Can't say it's family friendly show. An Arresting Embrace of Malt and Barrel. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, oh, those, they do good stuff. Yeah. They do good. So I've had a couple of their. Yeah. It's it's good. Yeah, it's good. I haven't had that one, but that brewery I've had a few of their barley wines or strong ales and stuff. It's good stuff. Oh it, it, my a, god! I bet it. It looks like Novella have went on like Tavor and ordered two of everything. Uh, most of this, I think, he could buy locally. Most of this is North Dakota, Wisconsin, oh, okay. Minnesota. Because everything you have on there is like. All ta- everything that shows up on my Tavor. And I'm like, yeah. I've seen that. I've oh. uh, This one's from Insight Brewing, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, it is Bloom Juicy Pale Ale with orange zest and tangerine. Mm. There we go. Uh, I'm saving the best for last. Uh, I picked up a can and went, I can't read that yet. Uh, from Toppling Goliath. Uh, in collaboration with Radiant Beer Company, Radiant Haze IPA with Citra Mosaic and Strata. Ooh. Yeah. Little Illuminati-inspired design. I kind of like that. And last, but certainly not least, good God, you're going to hate me. I already do. From, Sur- from Surly Brewing. Oh. Double Furious. Uh, Double Furious. Oh, is that the, is that the double IPA? Or no, what is that? Whiskey uh, Barrel Age Double IPA, 13.6%. Oh yep, I was going to say, like, that's their IPA. Uh, whiskey Barrel Aged? Furious uh, Whiskey Barrel Aged Double IPA, 13.6%. <laughs> oh, my. I've had the Furious IPA. It I've is, had the Furious. Oh, it's a great. Oh, so great. good. 
Oh my god. Yeah, uh, Novella says no Tavor, all local. I know, and I told him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what's funny is we can do like similar shopping sprees uh, and, and get like similar beers here. It's just they're all different. And that's why I love this hobby. That's that's oh, why yeah, I love great. doing this channel and sharing this kind of stuff is there are so many different reaches of the country which have so many great breweries and distilleries. I don't want to discount yep. distilleries at all. Um, uh, in fact, uh, today I picked up two of my favorite bottles uh, or one of my favorite... Sorry, two of my favorite bottles. One of which was a duplicate to an unopened bottle that I have here because I need to send it across the country. Um, I, I, I owe someone and, and they're... Uh, they're getting their their payback uh, tomorrow. Um, I I picked up a uh, big bottom distilling Delta Rye, which is a one hundred eleven percent overproof, hundred uh, percent rye. It's a straight rye. It is one of the best whiskeys I think that exists. It is so freaking good, and it's just this random distillery over in uh in beaverton oregon or hillsborough uh right right next to the intel campus like it, it's literally like you know half a mile from the intel campus in hillsborough um and then i picked up another one uh that is from a distillery down in corvallis oregon uh it's uh vivacity it's their native gin and it is made 100% from spruce juniper and oh. and a whole bunch of other uh, botanicals that are like 30 miles east of us. Like they, they go and harvest it from the, the Oregon high desert and then they distill it into gin and it's the best gin as far as Wait, like a, what was that? What was that distillery called? Vivacity. The vet, I think I've, I, I don't, yeah. I think I was at a, uh, the liquor store and they had samples that like, this smells like Christmas. Um, the, the native gin smells like Eastern Oregon. It smells like driving through Bend. Oh, God. It, it, yeah, it's that, that that summertime juniper that you get driving mm. through there and, and the spruce. and it, Oh, God, it's so freaking good. Um, That's the gin you're like, this is not cocktail gin. This is straight. Just, I just drink this whole um, Actually, I make a killer gin. cocktail with it, too. Um, really? No, I like yeah. that type of gin. That's my favorite. Actually, that's not true. With that, it has to have a little bit of a malt backbone. I love the spruce with a malt backbone. That gin right there is perfect for drinking yeah. straight. Um, I do I do prefer a sweeter gin. The drier gins are the ones I go for cocktail mixing. <clears throat> uh, yeah. But sweeter or high juniper end, um, because if it's not sweet, I'll add just a dash of simple syrup to it. Yeah. Then it's perfect with just on ice like. Oh, yes. So great. And I don't know why people don't like gin. It's fantastic. Gin's amazing. Gin, gin is, is such it's an so underrated great. cocktail. It is. It's so. Spirit. But, uh, yeah. no, and, and both of those are just, like, on my shelf. But you can't buy them outside of the valley. Like, yeah. they don't distribute anywhere. And, uh, and, you know, a lot like a lot of these beers, like, Surly doesn't distribute, you know, even to the Rockies, let alone the other side of it. Uh you know, uh, New Glarus doesn't distribute outside Wisconsin. Uh, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and and so you know, getting all these beers, all these very unique, various styles. Uh, it's why I love this hobby. It you're constantly getting something new. 
Well, that's also like I love the um, something we do in the Discord. If you haven't joined the Discord, if you like this channel, you got to join that because the description's in the link below or description. The link is in the description below. Minimum is a dollar to join. And you're going to get this community. It's an awesome community. But something we do within this community is a every Christmas we do with the Secret Santa. And it is regional based. So where you're at, we can, we can do that. But something that we like to do as the host is send a lot of our local stuff. Uh, beers that are local to us that were our favorite. And uh, like we were just at with the episode 300, Santiam. You know, we send the pirates out. One of our personal local favorites. You can't even get it within, you know, a hundred miles from us. Uh, Southern Oregon, you can't get this beer, but yeah. it's probably one of the best stouts we enjoy. The best. Uh, oh God, yeah. Rum, rum barrel aged coconut imperial stout. Uh, you know, it's so fantastic. And usually, we send that out almost every year to someone. Mm-hmm. in the community and they're like this is great this is fantastic so we we send local places just like you said like it's the stuff that we love and we love receiving that local stuff yeah. so again also a plug for the discourse to so go check that out yes <laughs> yeah um yeah no if i uh you know I, i'm almost done with this beer i need to finish this one so i can get to my second i was gonna I was say, gonna say I, I, I had a third one if i needed and it was a Block 15 Sticky Hands, another beer you can't buy outside the Valley that is it a is, quintessential West Coast IPA. It, it is. Oh, like, you want to know what a West Coast IPA tastes mm-hmm. like, and it's a good, and technically Imperial, I think 8.1-esque. 8, 8. Um, yeah, I, I've sent that one even to people in Canada. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a West Coast. They were, like, they were reviewing West Coast styles. Right. And they drank it like, this is, this is like, to them was drinking weed yeah it was their example and they're they were french canadian so it's the east side of canada um and they were just like this is too danky it's like no this is standard danky for here and and we want even bigger a lot of times so yeah it, it's it's amazing to see all of the different places and again that's why i like spotted cow spotted cow to me, is a great, fantastic beer, but it's a like a, a farmhouse saison. It's got mm-hmm. this spice to it, and it's so different to have uh, <laughs> because it's one of these sessionable, drinkable beers. But it's not pale. It's not IPA. You know any of that stuff. So um, I, I, that's why I love it. Uh, what do you got? Uh, so I mentioned that I had two beers that were out of season. Uh, one of yep. them late, one of them early. So I'm opening the early season beer. And that is from Rogue, uh, Newport, Oregon. Uh, nationally distributed, but only some of their beers. They, they distribute like Dead Guy Ale, uh, you know, a great entry into craft beer. Uh, did you get, did you get the Imperial Dead Guy IPA? I haven't found it yet. Ah! I keep looking, I keep looking. I, I... It's- it's it's right up there with uh, cryostash and all that like Ugh. three that that two two seventy nine for twenty ounces like yeah oh, so quintessential Oregon yeah no I I have been looking so hard because the the dead guy IPA was such a refreshing new beer. Uh, yep. you know, uh, the dead guy ale is, is a classic craft beer. It, it's a, it's a craft beer that's, you know, 25 years old at this point. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the, the dead guy IPA using the same 
yeast sa- sa- same yeast strain and same hop recipe and just changing up your malt a little bit and having it eat just a little bit more of that sugar and whatnot it turned it into a wildly different beer and and a darn good ipa like, like oh it, really it, it, really it, good it's yeah again it, it's a back to that quintessential northwest and it feels oregon honestly mm-hmm. that, that feels stupid to say it really does yeah but it's like you drink you're like oh that's that that's oregon craft beer yeah um but uh anyway from rogue uh i got their their neon snowpocalypse i saw that it hit the shelf today yeah i i saw that earlier i uh i didn't pick it up again i thought it was a little too early i'm like i'm still going through pumpkin spice stuff this is this is too early to buy. See, see I skip pumpkin beers altogether, and I go straight for the multi crap. And uh, uh, th- this is this is still a, an imperial IPA. Uh, it it is a cold uh, cold fermented IPA, um, yeah. uh, and it gives a little bit extra malt punch to it. And so you you get all those those super high end you know tropical. This, this is like melon pineapple and maybe a little blood orange like like that level of citrus kind of fruit um and and you still get it's still a dry ipa but there's this super rich malt in the middle of it like this christmasy malt that's just so freaking good um this is a really good beer uh so and I oh, went ahead. That's and, a fantastic glass. Fantastic yeah, glass. Yeah. Fantastic looking glass. Oh, look at that. That's a good looking glass. I am gonna grab my uh my second beer. Ah. Oh. So we are so spoiled here. We absolutely are. Anyway, uh I'll go ahead and wait for John to get back. We'll I'm back. Okay, there we go. Alright, so uh I am uh going back because i already bought this pack and i still have a bunch of it actually i bought two packs because they were so good but local organ and then kasi uh hazy imperial ipa which is uh, their ecliptosaurus essentially i did have you had this one yet uh i have okay okay um what's funny is is i've had craft computing glassware there you go uh, it, it's a little more complicated to see yeah. than mine, but yeah. fantastic. My problem with my Very glassware nice. is it's so difficult to photograph. <laughs> <laughs> it's so complex, and and it's see through. So you know how do you how do you block off one side from the other? Yeah. Um. See, so you, you you need to go to the double CPU size. You got a single core or yeah, a yeah. single chip. You need to go to the double chip size. There we go. There we and, go. and really bump out your logo. That that's your problem. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, I love Eclipsosaurus. Uh. Because uh, what's funny is I had never had the Eclipsosaurus before. I've I've had their their Legend series. Uh, yeah. Which is uh at the, at the top end it's megalodon it's eclipsosaurus it's tricerahops and there's there's one more there is um, uh the, like the mastodon one uh, yeah. Not the mastodon, yeah the yeah. the elephant one whatever yeah anyway i've had three out of the four i'd never had eclipsosaurus and it's not just choice it was just like i'd never had it before yeah and so randomly. so i i randomly just grabbed a can of it um and i said this is so 
citrusy and rum inspired. If this was served to me, if I ordered like a rum drink at a tiki bar, I'd be happy. Oh, no, I, I love it because I had one yesterday and something I did was I aggressively poured it to really bring out that head. Yeah. And then I let it sit. Mm -hmm. I let it sit for like five minutes. And I swear the malt of this beer was so much sweeter for some reason. And like aromatics and malt mixed perfectly. It was. It just allowed that carbonation to, to seep through. Everything mixed perfectly. It almost like like uh, a nitro beer. You have to let you know the settlement come down. Uh, there is bit. something to that, and yeah. uh, like I've been drinking beer for a long time. I've been reviewing craft beer for a long time now. Um, it's a little different when you when you have to put thoughts to something and and words to something and explain to some to someone in language they'll understand what exactly it is that you're tasting and, and experiencing and whatnot. Yeah. I'm getting good at it. Um, yeah. It, it's hard to say the same things over and over again. <laughs> right. Um, so I tried a beer and it's actually in the review from my video yesterday. I don't know if you watched that, but uh, it was the electric dream machine IPA from mm. parallel 45 in independence, Oregon, really yep. tiny brewery off the map. I, I, yep. Um, but uh, just a standard West Coast IPA, and and I've had it, I've had it multiple times. It's a it's a really good beer. Um, anyway, I did pour it, but I poured it into one of our nucleated pint glasses, CraftComputing.store, um, and I gave it a little bit of an aggressive pour, just like you were saying. Um, and uh, and the first thing that that I noticed was the head on it was just like the super thick, foamy, like cling to your finger and not let go very much like this oh yeah what's funny is i've done that a dozen times like hundreds of times with with beers like dipped my finger in the foam taste it that kind of thing that foam on the electric dream machine tastes like buttercream frosting out of a cake oh it's it's amazing like <laughs> well it also, it's not just it's not just the beer, the malt. It's also how much carbonation they use mm -hmm. to can it. Uh, there is a, a trick to that. There is a science. Uh, again, back to what you were saying about loving trying all the different craft beers. Mm -hmm. You can even have the exact same recipe, but then store it uh, at a different temperature, carbonate it at yes. a different level. All of that will make the beer on change. draft, out of a can, out of a bottle. Mm -hmm. All different experiences. All different experiences. And and so it's fantastic. Uh, we've always told people, like, try a beer and try it the cold, medium temp, you know, your, the yep. optimal temperature, then a little bit warmer. You're going to get three different beers yes. right there. Yeah. And, no, and, and, and I feel that you and I, not to toot our own horns, we're some of the only beer reviewers that review beers based on... I'm going to drink this over 30 minutes and I'm going to pour it at, you know, 36 or 38 degrees. And then we're going to let it warm up and I'm going to suss out more flavors as we go along. I'm not just going to yeah. take one sip and then go, yeah, it's an IPA. Uh, you know, oh yeah, I know. I, all, all the other beer reviewers I see because they're pumping out like six videos a day. Chug, chug, chug. It's great beer. Love hops. Yep. See you guys in the next one. Right. Done. Um, Wait, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. That's I, not how it works. I, I, I feel like... And, and again, not to get so far up my own ass, but I, I feel like you and I really do get into the craft 
of it. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, the the only two sides that we will disagree on is the rating aspect. <laughs> we totally disagree on how to rate a beer, which is why yeah. I don't give my my beers numbered ratings. Yeah. No, it's like it's like I understand. Like, oh, this this it's it's horrible. But I understand it took a lot of love to do this. But yeah. it's still horrible. Yeah. But the love, I give it an extra point. You're like, no, it's horrible. It tastes horrible. <laughs> I don't care. It's bad. But it's craft beer. So let's go to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have that flavor. I'm like, yeah, but, man, that's a hard flavor. And everything else is really good. It's, it's, yeah. it's hard to make. But it beer. says coconut on the label, and it's not there. <laughs> Minus a half point. <laughs> You, it's like a whole point. Whole point. Or you and yeah. you and Steve, like a whole point. It, like, like vanilla is also the one that's hard. Yeah. Like, uh, there's no vanilla in this. Whole point. Dog. What's funny is vanilla. I'm more willing to forgive because vanilla is is more of a subjective flavor because yeah. there's so yeah. many different variances of it. And so if you've got a rich vanilla, it can almost appear like a toffee or a butternut or a cream or something. You know, versus coconut is coconut. Oh, it is. It's yeah. just, it, it, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and, and yeah. so vanilla, I can go, you know, it's a little bit creamy essence of vanilla. Sure. I'll take it. Uh, versus if you say coconut, I'd better freaking taste coconut in your beer. <laughs> Cause we all know what coconut is. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, don't inhale this one. It's not, not pleasant. <laughs> Speaking of coconuts and losing some, some coconuts ebay might be losing a bunch of coconuts uh yeah ebay has been officially sued by the department of justice to the tune of 1.9 billion with a b um however i think this is gonna get thrown out probably um i'm no legal expert uh but i do know a thing or two about websites and protections for running websites with user submitted content and that's what we'll get into ebay Sued by the Department of Justice for $1.9 billion for allowing the sale of 343,011 emission-defeating devices uh, for specifically for diesel and, and other performance vehicles. So basically those guys that want to replace their ECUs so they can roll coal easier. Uh, one of the best marketplaces to find those ECU programming devices was on eBay. <laughs> um, so uh, Department of Justice brought a lawsuit and they have fined people before to the tune of, and, and the official, uh, the official law for selling a device that defeats emission products is $5,580 per Eight. violation. Okay. Um, for the sale of ECU tuners, aftermarket exhausts, or other parts that tamper with factory emission systems. And they're deciding to go after eBay. Here's the problem. eBay is a marketplace. eBay is not themselves selling these devices. They provide a platform for the devices to be sold. Not specifically for the devices to be sold. They provide a platform for anything to be sold. It, it's essentially going to, like, I'm suing the Saturday market for this shop selling me something. I was going to bring that up. I was going to say, if you get botulism from a backyard wine salesman at a Saturday market, 
do you sue the city for allowing that seller yeah. to sell you, you know, toilet wine? Or is the seller the one responsible? Exactly. The marketplace isn't the one responsible. They were the one that organized the 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 meet play, the meetup place. Yeah. They they're not going to verify whether something meets meets uh, you know, Department of Energy or the EPA, Clean Air yeah. Act or EPA emission standards because they're also a global marketplace. I don't I don't sue Craigslist for when the lady of the night I get it does not look like her pick. I mean, uh, sorry, the <laughs> computer I buy does not meet the specs. It happens to us all. Yeah, right. <laughs> Same with Facebook Marketplace. I don't sue Mark Zuckerberg and be like, hey, this item is 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 not what was t- told to me. I don't right. sue Amazon for being like, hey, th- this was not what's on here. You know, Thank you for bringing up Amazon. Uh, so it, it's, a, it's a really funny thing because there are hundreds of thousands of products that you can buy that are illegal to use. Yeah. Um, Amazon. I, I was looking for... Um, specifically this week, I needed a two-way radio that supported a wireless Bluetooth headset. I had a very specific need. I had, I, I, I needed that device. It turns out no one freaking makes one. Uh, but as I'm going down the rabbit hole of what devices could possibly use two-way radio frequencies and support Bluetooth voice connectivity, um... Amazon started recommending me all manner of handheld ham radios and and everything else. And you can just buy them for like 60 bucks, 100 bucks, 150 bucks. Um, However, using a ham radio is illegal without a license. You have to you have to go through a competency test with the Mm -hmm. with the FCC. and only use the that radio on specific frequencies. In fact, even if you buy one of these handheld ham radios or GMRS radios that are on Amazon that are like uh, five watt or ten watt power, you know, lithium bower, battery powered, um, GMRS or two way radio is limited to two watts of power transmission. Uh, you cannot broadcast above that outside of life-threatening circumstances, and that's a the one loophole in the law. Um, but you can't tune your ham radio to communicate on two-way radio frequencies and broadcast it at 50 watts, even if you do have a license. Um, but here is Amazon selling these radios that are 5 and 10-watt radios that can broadcast on whatever ever frequency you want. Um, well, yeah. yeah, And they're illegal to use. Yeah, and then that even you can even get into like state uh, laws too. Like for instance, Oregon, Oregon is it's illegal to distill liquor. Mm-hmm. So you can go buy a distill distillery from eBay or Amazon. Yep. Uh, you know, but that's they'll ship it to you to Oregon, and they know that's illegal in Oregon. But well, say, I'm getting my hey. essential oils, John. Oh, there, that's you know, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I may or may have not done two or three videos on this already <laughs> technically freeze distillation is also illegal in the state of oregon no no freeze distillation is not it is any any form of distillation in which no. you put in a free, base free, free free freeze distillation was uh legalized 15 years ago was it yes okay it, it, it was uh when the craft brew boom hit it uh got legalized yeah 
for uh, cideries. Yeah. Oh, for cideries. For, for, for your for, for, cider- for Applejack cideries, manufacturing. But, yeah. Yes. Cideries, cideries and meaderies are allowed to do it. So you have to have uh, that particular brewer's license. I think there's. I w- I was talking as a general public license free. Uh, Any form of distillation is illegal. That's a federal yeah. law. <clears throat> yeah, I'd have to look that. Up. But I I know for Oregon it, because Oregon's very strict on the distillation law. Right, the freeze distillation. I know for a fact was a lifted for cideries and meaderies a while ago. Yes, you are correct on that. I I, I was talking as a general public. Oh, What's yeah. funny is as the general public. You can create mash, you can ferment, you can you can do a whole bunch of you can age, you can do a whole bunch of different things uh to create ethanol. Uh what you cannot do is take a mash product and boil water off of it or remove water from the mixture. Uh through either heat or through freezing. Uh you cannot put a mash into a device and take water out of the mash and then pull out a mash that has a higher alcohol concentration. Like they are very specific on like, if you take something and put it into something and then take it out without some of the water in it, that's a form of distillation and that's illegal. <laughs> Which is just so the I stupidest damn probably thing. Probably take that video down. <laughs> um, for educational purposes, uh, it's still probably I, technically I, illegal. <laughs> I didn't so, say what state I did it in. It doesn't matter. It's federal. That is all 50 it, states. It, it is a federal uh, law. Yeah. I had to have to look that up. Yeah, all right. So, um, yeah. nobody go look at those videos. Nobody go look at those videos. They're it's for educational purposes only. Uh, uh, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But anyway, getting back to the matter at hand, which is the Department of Justice suing eBay, eBay, an online retailer, which itself does not directly sell anything. Nope. They are a marketplace which collects fees based on transactions of sale of items from third-party vendors. They're a hosting site, essentially. They're a hosting site. That's exactly right. Uh, we're all familiar here with the DMCA. The DMCA states that uh, any copyrighted material found online cannot be held uh, a website hosting that content cannot be held liable if a third party uploaded that that content uh once they are notified of said content they need to do everything in their power to remove that content uh so that is what a dmca takedown is uh it is a notice of uh Copyrighted material being present and the responsibility of the hosting company to remove the offending content. Um, Because eBay does not directly sell items, they are not responsible for vetting local laws and regulations along the sale of said items. I know the Department of Justice wants to go after this. And in fact, there was a recent story in Oregon Uh, This is from June of 2023, so just a couple of months ago. Uh, A Hillsborough man uh, here in Oregon uh, got six months in prison 
for disabling for selling and disabling emission controls on 245 vehicles and his shop will have to pay $148,000 penalty to the US EPA uh because he sold diesel tuning ECU programmers and installed them uh and but in that particular case he was a direct vendor he was procuring the items and selling them as such yeah eBay is facilitating the sale of a vendor's items, regardless of what they are. They're, you know, yeah, they have categories to make it easy to find certain things, but the tuner culture uh, is very broad. You know, you can you can buy and sell, you know, ECU components and programmers and and you know, Holly EFI, you know, gear for whatever else. Um, it's of no consequence because you know what? A lot of those items are legal for track use. Uh, you know, they're not necessarily legal for daily driving and you have to check your local laws and jurisdictions and regulations and, and emissions controls and everything else. And you still have to pass emissions in your County. And, um, but if you're directly selling those and installing those, you're liable for the damages. eBay, I don't think is liable for these damages. No, I, I agree with you. It's there's no difference between this and again, like the old school saying newspaper want or, or you know uh, the selling ads area mm-hmm. and someone selling something illegal on that. You can't sue the newspaper for saying you were you printed this article or you printed this ad. Right. So therefore, I'm suing you. you there's no difference between that. Right. Um, that's what eBay essentially was, was the digital sales page. But internationally, mm-hmm. um, you know, can can the United States or government now sit there and sue you or someone sue you for buying something overseas? Because eBay still does that. Something overseas can be illegal. Now, there's probably I, I, rules within eBay to stop that. I, I want to know, of those 343,000 transactions, how many of those are U.S. stateside? Because not everyone has the same EPA regulations as the United there States. And if they yeah. weren't sold inside the United States, then, e- then eBay, even if they were liable for those sales, wouldn't be liable for sales that went out of the country. Yeah. So there's... Believe in them. They're not liable. That's right. the thing. They're they're really not. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, is Verizon, AT&T, reliable for the drug deals that go over text messages? Ooh, there's a good question. You know, uh, well... You know what I love about the FedEx guy? He's a drug dealer and don't even know it. Mitch Hedberg, here we go. (laughs) But yeah, it's like, okay, well, do you want them monitoring uh, monitoring all of your text messages and everything like that? Uh, You know, but uh, even still, it's not, they can't stop it. It, it, they're not doing the illegal action now. Theoretically, they could state to eBay, "You have to give me the user users information, the the sellers' information, and totally. we're going to go after them." Totally. And now there's that argument. And and it is definitely in the sellers or in eBay's best interest to cooperate with law enforcement. Uh, yeah. So and there's and... there's that side. However, I. I would have to be a little bit, again, I don't know a lot, but I, I'd have to be a little bit more familiar on eBay's terms and services of selling items and, and what 
the legality of the you know the, the agreement upon that the the thing is buying and selling most of these items so if you're talking about like emissions control items they're not illegal to buy and sell because there are if you don't register a vehicle you don't fall under epa regulations that's for if someone's building a car to be a drag car that car, that car doesn't have to go through emissions and get license and registration and pay taxes yeah. and everything else. It It's ran 100% on private property. And so yep. there is no liability or legality in that yeah, particular use case. Yeah. Um, it's only well, if a car has to go through emissions controls and be registered with the state and be registered with the U.S. and 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 you, you have to it, go through all that. Yeah. That the, For all we know, this vehicle is being used as a, a farm truck right. on private property the whole entire time. Right. You know, that's it. Right. You know, but it's it's a thousand acres, and he's got to drive from one acreage to the next over land. It's not road. And he, and he wants to roll coal while he's doing it. Not the greatest thing, but sure, that's what he wants to do. You know, I, I mean... Um, People, people that, will that, drag race everything. There is drag racing series for everything. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, there, there's so many dirt, dirt drag racing and dirt, dirt racing is more prominent than asphalt racing is the yeah. thing because it's, it's cheaper. I mean, let's mud racing of any type is going to be cheaper. I mean, how many times do we see tractor pulls or tractor competitions? You think that's not coal or, you know, what kind of what, what's coming out of those pipes? Of, of those tractors. Um, they do the same with trucks or cars or anything else. Um, yeah. So y y I, I agree. It's If they're doing this and registering this vehicle as a day-to-day -day vehicle, okay, I can see that. But you still can't go after eBay. Right. Um, because these items are not illegal to buy and sell. Because yeah. there is private use... Uh, exemptions for all of them. Yep. You cannot disable the catalytic converter on your car unless you live in a state where you don't have emissions regulations. I live in a county in Oregon where we don't have emissions. I don't have to go through DEQ. Um, so I can remove the catalytic converter from my car if I wanted. Um, so buying a, a, a test pipe for my car is not an illegal purchase in my particular jurisdiction. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it, it probably is just going to, eBay is just going to sit there and say, pound sand. Sorry. <laughs> their, their lawyers are going to say, yeah, whatever. We don't yeah. care. Yeah. So I expect this one to get thrown out. Anyway, <laughs> we got two more stories to get to. People are drinking less craft beer. Not in this house. They're not. No, uh, uh, so, the, so here, here's the reason I put I I, uh, I posted this because I, I it was very hard to find some beer news and this was the most interesting one, and the reason was of this article. This is Forbes, and they said they did a study to see why people were drinking less craft beer, and they said there's a two percent decline uh, this year, the most since the 2020 COVID times. Yeah. Um, and it, they're saying though it's interesting because it's not health it's not money financial uh it, it's no other reason other than that they're drinking other forms of liquor i don't know if i agree with that because all other forms of liquor it's it's 
if someone's drinking, here's my thing. Here, really, the reason I posted it, because I wanted to get your thoughts on it, was I don't believe this article. I think uh, more people, the people that drink craft beer are going to stay with craft beer. Now, they might go with a lower version of craft beer because prices have increased a bit. But like I have done, I will go with like the Nkasi variety pack. Okay, I'm not going to go with my standard. I'm going to go to my local bottle shop and go buy, you know, 16 ounces and come back with $40 and only get six cans. I, I, I will say, um, anecdotally speaking, uh, it has been a lousy four to six months for revenue for me. Uh, and... I can't remember the last time I went to my bottle shop and spent two hundred dollars. Well, the, the, even <laughs> it's I'm been at, a while. Uh, like it's well, even my I'm liquor at, shelf is dwindling. I, I understand, which yeah, is exactly. very weird for me. Again, you get you're getting boxes of of, of beer shipped to you, <laughs> but even, I also have a problem I'm, where I have nothing less than ten percent to drink, John. <laughs> that's that's true. But like, even I'm at the point where like. Uh, uh, like okay, there's just particular debts I'm trying to pay off, so we're like okay, on a bit more of a fixed budget on certain items. So it's like okay, my beer is going to come from X now. I'm not going to go to the local bottle shop where I can buy whatever I want or um, Tavor and spend hundred dollars on a one bottle of beer. You know, I'm going to go to the local grocery store, buy Ninkasi, uh, 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 Hot Valley, again, all silk craft beer. I'm not buying domestic i'm not buying as this article is stating other forms of liquor which i assume they're in talking about the seltzers or the hard sodas or possibly cheaper and liquor yeah i don't think that anyone that's buying actual craft beer is still probably buying craft beer but just a, probably a lower end value and here's my other thing i, I even in it even I, I agree with me, you. I, I I think revenue is down, but volume is not. Probably. And, and I think that's probably more what it is. I yeah. think it's more of people are wanting to buy it, but they're saying the breweries themselves probably can't afford to push out as much product. So stores can't keep it in stock as much possibly. Maybe that's the case. But I don't think people are buying either domestics or seltzers or hard sodas or anything else i think they're just I, I don't know what the study is i don't think the craft beer scene is dying um heck even widmere and 10 barrel just became craft again um because they got bought up by that canadian cannabis company so they're technically now craft beer again i'm gonna start buying them again not that i never stopped but uh, also, I would say that, like, are they considering these breweries like, say, Hot Valley, who's technically not craft, or uh, uh, not Ten Barrel, but what's the other one that got bought out here in Oregon uh, in Bend? Anyways, but those breweries that are, or like, say, Goose Island. Goose Island isn't technically craft anymore. Uh, but the craft beer drinker would probably go and buy a Goose Island still. And I wonder if this survey doesn't technically count for that. So I don't, I don't know if the craft beer scene is dying or it's down. And saying it's down by 2%, that's not 
really that much, in all honesty. Yeah. So, uh, I wouldn't say people are drinking less craft beer these days. No, I, I, I don't agree with that. I, so, the people so, that so, someone said the whole seltzer thing. I think those are the... F- Again, again, it's it's hard to jar, judge outside of my circle of friends, um, because I hang with a crowd who is very much about craft beer. But there are those who are like, you know, do I buy the Deschutes fresh squeezed or or do I buy a, a twelve pack of White Claw Black Cherry? Um, there are those people. They do exist. They walk among us. Be afraid. Um, and, and so it's hard to really pinpoint exactly why. What I can say is anecdotally, my revenue has been down for like six months straight. Um, uh, ad revenue has been through the absolute floor. Uh, that's been a big part of it. Uh, people are spending less money on advertisements in general uh which is which has hurt things and that that flexible money that i used to have to be able to go and spend $200 at my bottle shop or 150 or 200 dollars at my my liquor store i haven't had that for a while and uh it it's been a solid 8 months since i've been to like a bottle shop or a liquor store uh, yeah. I, I've been buying a lot of things just directly off the shelf out of my local grocery trip. And so if, yep. if, if that's what they have, that's what they have. And thank you to people like Novella Hub who send me like Herd of Turtles and, and, and Dragon's Milk Reserves. Because uh, you're awesome. And, and I, get a, I get to share this hobby with, with everyone else. Um, Thanks to the, the local grocery store that has a lot of stuff on sale in that those carts i i have a great local grocery store (laughs) that's like two Um, bucks for this this 20 ounce bomber did did i also tell you i made really good friends with the guy who buys the beer (laughs) so he will hold things for me ah that's awesome (laughs) so yeah uh so i walked through one day uh and and i was checking out and I, i had like like 12 different bottles and they were all different and and he goes oh man good choices and i went i i need to you know thank whoever shops for this place because dang you make good choices and he goes well that's me and i said oh we need to know each other hi i'm jeff (laughs) (laughs) and so now when he gets like goose island like like he gets the bourbon county stouts he'll put a couple away aside for me (laughs) oh nice (laughs) nice good man good man but i still haven't gotten the Freaking rogue imperial dead guy IPA. Oh yeah, the the, the yeah need that. I, I don't know why that's so difficult for me to find. I've been to like four different places and no one has it. I, don't know. I need I need one minute. Uh. Anymore, <laughs> John's out. Tap out. Ah. <clears throat> uh. Uh, we were talking about our our favorite Mitch Hedberg jokes uh, uh, in the chat. So I I, I mentioned the uh, uh, gosh I don't even remember what joke I did, but uh, 
my favorite Mitch Hedberg is definitely the Subway Sandwich uh, joke. It is the... Uh, ooh, Zeus chimes in with $50. A bottle or two to keep the liquor cabinet full. Thank you. Good sir. Uh... You know, what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the store tomorrow. I'm gonna buy 50, I'm gonna buy two twenty-five dollar bottles just for you. That's what I'm gonna do. Um, my favorite Mitch Hedberg joke sequence has got to be the Subway Sandwich Shop. Um, I, I was in downtown the other day and I saw a duck, and I knew the duck was lost because ducks ain't supposed to be downtown. There's nothing for them there. So I walked into a Subway Sandwich Shop and I said, "Let me get a piece of bread." Um, and they, uh, uh, and they said, uh, uh, we can't sell you just the bread. Uh, uh, you have to buy a sandwich. We can't sell just the bread. Apparently the two halves ain't supposed to touch. So I said, uh, I said, well, give me, give me a, give me a sandwich, but don't bother or, uh, give me a sandwich. Uh, but it's for a duck. And they said, oh, if it's for a duck, then it's free. See, I did not know that ducks eat for free at Subway. Subway. <laughs> <laughs> give me a steak. So take... give, give me a steak fajita sub. Don't bother ringing it up. It's for a duck. For a duck. There are six ducks outside, and they all want sun chips. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. You said the that uh, is my favorite. Uh, the uh, uh, the FedEx guy doesn't know he's uh, yeah uh, yeah FedEx guy doesn't know dealer. he's a drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> That's the drug. Yeah. God, so, so so people were going through their their favorite Mitch Hedberg jokes. My favorite uh, yeah. is the Subway sandwich. Yeah. God. There are six ducks outside, and they all want sun chips. <laughs> so good. All right. Um, we got what? One more? We got one more, uh, and that is the, that John Riccello. Uh, Riccello? I, I don't know how to say his last Rick, name. Riccello? Yeah. yeah. Riccello? That Rick guy. Yeah. Uh, steps Unity down, guy. retires as uh, the CEO of Unity after driving EA stock prices into the ground as the as the CEO of EA, and then suddenly getting hired by Unity, thinking that he could do better. And then he goes, "You know what? We need to monetize Unity more than we ever are." Tell you what, what if we effed every user Unity's ever had in the ass, and uh, everyone disliked that. And uh, so now he's stepping down. Uh, I want I want to see this guy's stock portfolio. How much did he short both of these companies before doing all of this? Good stuff? lord! Um, you know, yeah. And, and then it's like, oh, it wasn't, or not, not even him, not even him. Like, like his second cousin. Can something? Can we? Can we? Can we get a CEO? into a company who hasn't tanked seven other companies in the past like you'd think these people would like read his what goddamn resume get... beforehand what i i, I know it, it's it's oh here here's one accomplishment he's had he's been in the industry for x amount of years so he must be good doesn't mean he's good i'm sorry right. Uh, Unity will close their third quarter 2023 financial results after market close on Thursday, November 9th, 2023 with a webcast to follow at 2 p.m. Pacific time. So if you're really interested in what uh, Unity got out of all of this, uh, stay tuned to their public disclosure meeting. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Uh... Now, here's here's a twisted thought. This is me being 
playing devil's advocate. What if people on the board of Unity wanted to do this and they hired him just saying, hey, we're going to give you a bunch of money and we're going to blame you? Um, you know, there's probably some of that to it. And and the thing is, a lot of us and don't he's realize... Like, Look, I'm already I'm already screwed, so yeah, give me money. I'll take extra blame. A, a, a lot of us don't realize or understand what goes on behind closed doors because if, if you as an individual can walk into a boardroom and say, I will make each and every one of you $20 million, but every single person on this planet is going to hate this company from, from this point forward. And the only people who use it are going to be the people who have to use it. They'll go, you know what? Tell me more. Mm-hmm. That's, so that's, that is the truth. That is a true fact. Stay yeah. Right there. So from the outside looking in, we're going, how can anyone possibly hire this guy? Uh, really easy. The fact that he made a hundred million dollars for the 10 board members that they had. And, uh, and each of them gets to, you know, never work another day in their lives. Uh, but, uh, and, and, you know, this guy goes, Oh, I'll fall on the sword. Oh no. Twitter's mad at me. Oh shit. Uh, oh, no, I don't even live in America. So I, I don't, don't really care. I don't know if I can live with myself. And, oh wait, you said like three private yachts. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. What island should I retire to? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my bad. I, I I'm gonna take a sabbatical in Italy in my private villa yeah. for the next eighteen months. Oh, yeah. To think about what I've done. I'm I'm going to and, go through a lot of self reflection through through the the bottoms of you know thousand dollar bottles of whiskey. <laughs> I, I know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do that while I buy this distillery. Yeah. <laughs> And drink through them, yeah. And then come back two years from now and do it again to another company, yeah. So it's disgusting. I hate it. Hail capitalism! It's what we have. <laughs> John says, "Bet his beer fridge is always full." Yeah, but it's probably like freaking hams. Yeah, probably. It's probably you know full of what is Rhett like Rainier yeah it's probably Rainier yeah <laughs> meanwhile Jeff with his golden wall uh, <laughs> I sold you all NFTs <laughs> <laughs> um, update on the studio coming shortly uh, long long and short of it is uh, I think I am finally in a position where we can apply for a permit however uh, permits in Oregon are only good for six months, and so you gotta wait. I gotta wait until the rain is done, and which is nine months, which is yeah. Uh, I'm hoping to break ground sometime around like April, like at least April it starts warming up again, yeah. um, and uh, and then in May we can actually like put walls up. So that's kind of the that, yeah. plan right now. Um, if May has good weather, that is, yeah. Uh, I'm more willing to work in May in the rain than I am in November in the rain, though. Oh, totally. So, yeah. At least there's a chance. There's Um, a chance, and you're probably going to be in the 60s humid in in May, and then you're like, okay, I can go inside. Versus, like, the low 40s in November. Oh, yeah, and then just pouring down you're yeah. gonna get gallons on you yeah no, november May, december are our worst months for rain uh they're the worst months for temperature uh yeah. we we get low 40s in november we get low 30s in december um 
Even some January, too. But J- January, January also. January tends to dry out but be very cold, and then the rain returns yeah. in February, usually. Yeah. Um, but there's always there's always one week in February, and no one ever believes me. There's, there's, well, it, it, it's it's like the last week of February or the first week of March. No, it's, it's like Valentine's week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kay? Totally, totally. There's yeah. one week in February where we will just dry up entirely. It'll be like five or six days straight. And we'll hit 67. And it'll be blue sky and gorgeous and unseasonably warm. And uh, yeah, there's always one week because I own a convertible and I live in Oregon. And so I know for a fact that my first top down day is always in February. Well, it's always there's. Yeah, like you said, there's like two or three days in February and then uh i think i'm pretty sure like a week it, one week in march is like where the flip did this come from it's back to winter again it's pouring down rain and then april and may it's really switches over that's when you yeah. see the switch uh, uh so, so it, it's more of a mist than a pour down right uh michael says got to get the perm got to get the right permit you need the permit that allows you to purchase the permit i hate you right now um it's he's not wrong um so you have to register on the city of salem's website uh and go through a 72 hour approval process before you can apply for a permit just thinking you know what you should do while you're waiting you should apply for a distillery brewery license yeah (laughs) Just to be like, on premise, I'm allowed to distill and brew from this location. Ooh. It's not it's you're talking like three hundred dollars more. That's it. You know? And you could and then and then if you order because you're gonna have Then I can legally do it. You could legally do it. You have you I believe you're saying you're gonna have like air ventilation for your server rack, right? Yeah, totally. So you could then say that's your distillation you know uh ventilation yeah so that's fine for your for your wart and boiling yeah theoretically i, I don't see a problem with this i there there were guys in portland that make the that i believe portland has the smallest microbrewery which is out of some guy's uh, shed <laughs> so uh, and he only brews like 20 gallons at a time so it's fine I, I believe the minimum for a microbrewery is 50 gallons a year. Yeah. Which, honestly, between me and you, I can, uh, just just tell, we'll, we'll start it up. I'll start my stuff up again. And, and yeah. I'll just say I'm yours. We'll be fine. I mean, honestly, <laughs> if you wanted to come to my place and do all your, your distillate and microbrewing, like. There we go. We'll, we'll, we'll easily, easily hit that. Yeah. I've been telling you, you need to do more microbrew content. You need to do, I do. more, it, I, more self-brew I do. content. It, it, I really want to. It's, it's time management. And like you and I have been talking, yeah. things have been crazy personally. Um, in fact, I got to go to Kansas, uh, Kansas City, end of the month. Because now I'm the guy that's going to fly out. Oh, yeah. So I'm the healthy one. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh. Uh, yeah, I know. So my my job got more more time. So uh, did did you uh, negotiate the new rate yet? I negotiated the new rate. Okay, good deal. 
Good man. It, 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 it was a good deal. Good, good man. Deal. Yeah. But they are expecting a lot. And, and, uh-huh. and that's why content on, like I used to be at least, at least two, two things a week or sometimes three. Now it's like, I'm hoping to get one a week. Yeah. Just, it's even today was dumbest, <laughs> dumbest stuff. Oh my God. I hate it. I hate it. And uh, yeah. So whatever, whatever. If you want to hear me rant and complain about it stuff, Join the Discord. It, it's a dollar a month. Uh, it, it's it's the, the stuff you'll ever hear. Uh, and everyone on there will have that on there. Uh, similar stories to tell. It's a great community, the, too. The fan uh, on the computer was driving me nuts, so I blocked it with a paperclip. By the paper way, by the, way the only fan on the PC was the one in the power supply. <laughs> I, that's, that's a legitimate story. I literally told that. That's a legitimate story. And I told him not to do that. I had to pay the guy, like, promise me. Promise me you will never do that again. Yeah. And he's like, uh, maybe. But. Yeah. And his only reason was because, you know, those power supplies, sometimes the fan starts rattling because the screws are loose or, or too tight or whatever. That's the only reason. And there's no one in that room. It's just the 30 seconds he steps in there to send on the email. Wow. For it's just like, you, just call me. I will fix the power supply. I will order a power supply for you. It's fine. Don't die. Yeah. By sticking this in there. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh! It was. It was. That was. So such if you a like that run. type, of, if you like that type of content, go go join the Discord. But there's also other type of content. There is um uh, movie content, meme content. There's a buy and sell awesome place community the yes. community there is so fantastic trust me if you love tech if you just love a good community if you are tired of the stupid discord communities that you are joined on youtube trust me a minimum minimum dollar a month you're going to enjoy this one if not uh i'll guarantee you a sad face as you leave but trust me you're, you're going to enjoy it you're you're, you're not going to be disappointed plus like jeff said earlier in the show you get the chance to talk to ourselves uh myself jeff Brett, steve all the other co-hosts uh you tag us on anything we will guarantee to supply one of us is always on there yep. uh at any given time like people are on there at like four or five in the morning steve starts his day at like 4 a.m yeah so so we are always that's west coast time by the way yeah we are always on there um you, right you but i end my us. day at 2 a.m and so yeah. it's like one of us is awake i promise yeah so so we're, we're always on there um it honestly there's something for everyone it's not just a tech community it really is i it also by the way if you do enjoy this type of content with myself jeff Rhett, steve the live comment or jeff's uh awesome uh videos on tech stuff stuff for home labs all the other stuff Make sure you got to share the stuff with other people. Copy the link, share it to other groups, share it with your friends that are in the tech world. Trust me, we want this community to grow. We want to build this area. If you love this community, share it with others. Yes. Anyway, thank you all so much for watching. This has been episode 305 here on Talking Heads. Join us every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news. Uh, follow me on 
social medias at craft computing follow john at hops and brews links were to subscribe to both of our various youtube channels are down in the video description go on over to craftcomputing.store get yourself a craft computing or a hops and brews pint glass with nucleated bottoms so you can actually me, enjoy they are so good I, I, they are. It's great. I am so full of myself for this, but honestly, it's one of the best things that I've ever done. Um, it is. It's, it's, it's one of the best nucleation glasses I've ever had, too, mm -hmm. by the way. It, it's fantastic. Thank you. I, I've had a couple nucleated glasses. Um, the, these are something else. So Yeah, no, the, these. Especially when you pour and it vortexes. Have you seen that? Yeah. You get that... this, keep, this, this keeps the party going, essentially, yeah. within your beer. It's pretty good. Yeah, craftcomputing.store, grab yourself a pint glass or one of the other drinking accessories we have over there and start drinking like a pro. Anyway, make sure to like this video, subscribe if you haven't done so already, and as always, 